Hello, and welcome to the Church on the Hill podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to join us live this Sunday at 500 Sands Drive in San Jose, California. Visit churchonthehill.com for service times and directions, and also to learn more about connecting, growing, and serving at Church on the Hill. Now, please enjoy our sermon at Church on the Hill. If you would open with me to Colossians 4, this is the conclusion of our core sample series. Do you know what that moment, the end of the Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy, the Cowardly Lion, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, they finally reach the wizard, right? They finally reach the Wizard of Oz, and they come before this ominous, terrifying, powerful wizard. He has a huge face. There's flames going up everywhere. That's the Wizard of Oz, right? What happens next? They go behind the scenes, and they pull back the curtain, and it's revealed that it's just a simple, normal, mortal man behind the curtain. They would never have known of what was going on behind the scenes in the Wizard of Oz without pulling back the curtain. That's kind of what a, a Sunday morning here at church is every week. Now, one big disclaimer, okay? No one is trying to deceive you or fool you of anything, okay? That's not what's happening. But what I mean to say is that there's a lot going on that you can see, right? But there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes that you would never know about if you didn't pull back the curtain. So that's what I'm going to do this morning, all right? I'm going to share with you what's going on behind the scenes in a church service. We're going to pull back the curtain today, okay? If you're with us on, online right now, you may not think, or you may not, uh, it might not you know, be something that you usually think about, of how we're able to get our service to you. Well, the first thing, the main thing, are our cameras, right? We have two cameras right here. These are both manned by Scott Olszewski and Ron Saki. Everybody give these guys a round of applause. We have two cameras right here. We also have three cameras in the front. One, two, three. These three cameras are remotely controlled, literally by a gaming joystick, in our video studio. Here's a picture of our video studio. It kind of looks like uh, Mission Control. Not quite Mission Control, but that's our video studio. And right now, uh, Ray Chin is back there on a gaming joystick controlling these three cameras. Let's give it up for Ray this morning. Ray can hear you back there. We appreciate you, Ray. And lastly, we have a camera over here and a camera behind the drums. These seven cameras make up uh, how we produce our online service. And Mark Harris, our video director, is back in the video studio also, cutting between these shots and producing uh, what we send out on our YouTube live stream. I won't, we're not going to leave Mark hanging. Let's give a round of applause for Mark. Mark does an amazing job. Thank you, Mark. You may also not know about what's going on behind the scenes to make all the intricacies of Sunday music happen. Have you ever noticed that the musicians have headphones in? They have what we call in-ear monitors. What these do is they allow the band to hear themselves, to hear the other band members, but they also let the band hear what we call the guide and the click track. What these do, these help the band stay synced with one another to stay on tempo so that they know what's coming next in the song. And I wanted to pull back the curtain this morning and let you hear a little clip of what the band just listened to on the last song that they were leading. One, two... Intro, two, three, four. 
We'll stop right there, okay? That could go on for literally like 12 minutes, so we'll stop it right there, all right? That's the click and the guide track. But probably the most amazing thing going on behind the scenes right now that you probably don't know about all started in 2021 when we began live streaming our in-person experiences to YouTube. We have uh, an audio engineer. His name is Berries. We have a picture of Berries and his family. Berries... Uh, he mixes our audio for our live stream every Sunday morning on a computer right up there in our tech booth. Now, if you're in the, the balcony this morning, shout out to the balcony. You probably don't see a person named Berries sitting right there mixing our audio. That's because Berries, he has actually never set foot in this church. And I do not believe that Berries has ever set foot in this country. Barry's is currently, at this moment, in South Africa, where he lives, and he is remotely connected to that computer at work, mixing our audio live stream. Barry's is really, really behind the curtain, like 4,000 miles behind the curtain this morning. Barry's, thank you for what you do. We're so lucky to have you. Yeah, we can give a round of applause to Barry's as well. I tell you all this. Because behind the scenes right now, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on that you may never have known about if I didn't stop, pull back the curtain, and show you what's going on. It's exactly what's happening in this final chapter to the church in Colossae. Paul writes these words in chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Paul instructs that in prayer, we are to be thankful, thankful for what God has done. But he also writes to be watchful, watchful for what God is doing and what he will do. Paul's describing that prayer offers us a unique perspective to what God is up to that we may not be able to know or see currently. Being watchful in prayer is for us to anticipate that God is at work behind the scenes in a way that we cannot currently understand. Being watchful in prayer is trusting and believing that God is working behind the scenes to build his kingdom. Our first point this morning is that prayer peeks behind the curtain of God building his kingdom. You see, the Christian life is all about two different worlds. There's the seen world, and there's the unseen world. The seen world is what's clear, it's what's evident, it's what's obvious right in front of us. It's what our senses can perceive, what we can touch, taste, smell, you know all of your senses. And then the unseen world is the world in which God is working behind the scenes. He's shaping, he's moving, he's transforming, he's changing lives. The seen world is just like you on a Sunday morning, what you see happening on stage, what you see online, but the unseen world is about what's going on behind the scenes with music, with our audio, with berries, with our cameras, with everything else that happens on a Sunday morning. The world, uh, the world in which God is moving, we often know, is the unseen world. 
God often works in the seen world too, or he, he does work in the seen world. We call those miracles. But God is actively working in both of these worlds to grow his kingdom. Prayer offers us a view into what God is doing in both of these worlds. And in prayer, we can anticipate that God will reveal himself and how he is working. Prayer allows us a backstage glimpse into God's kingdom and how we can be a part of growing that kingdom. This behind-the-scenes working of God is what happened roughly 2,000 years ago when an angel appeared to a young girl and told her that uh, despite being a virgin, she would bear a son who would be the savior of the world. On the outside, in the seen world, she was a disgrace. She was a husbandless, pregnant teenager with a fiancé who was planning to leave her. But in the unseen world, God was at work. God had started his rescue plan for mankind in the womb of a girl named Mary. This is the very beginning of the Christmas story. Now, yes, I know, in this story, God revealed himself and how he was working through an angel. And aside from my wife, I have yet to be visited by an angel. But it happens, okay? We get a really clear picture of how Mary responds to this direct revelation from God. How does she respond? She responds by being watchful and by being thankful. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. This is how Mary responds to the angel bringing her this news. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary responds in complete humility and obedience. She anticipates that what God is doing behind the scenes is working through her to build his kingdom. And just a few verses later, Mary responds to what God is doing with thanksgiving. Chapter 1, verse 46. Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. From the seen world, this looks like a disaster, right? But in the unseen world, it's the start of the greatest story ever told. And Mary knows that. She's caught a glimpse behind the curtain of God building his kingdom. While the seen world looks down on her, she rejoices with thanksgiving that she is blessed. While the seen world views her life as over, she is watchful for God, how God is going to use her in building his kingdom. While it might not be a direct revelation through an angel, through prayer, God invites us to peek behind the curtain of him building his kingdom, to catch a glimpse of how he is moving, shaping, and working. So how does this happen? Through prayer, we are directly in touch with the Holy Spirit who prods us and guides us and leads us and reveals God's will to us. Through prayer, God aligns our heart with his. He empowers us with the fruit of the Spirit. He makes our character more like his. He makes our heart more like his. But not only does prayer offer us a glimpse behind the curtain, prayer offer also Prayer also offers us the opportunity to be a part of God building his kingdom behind the scenes. 
Back in Colossians, verse 3 of chapter 4, Paul writes, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul urges the church in Colossae to pray that God would open a door for the message. This message is the mystery of Christ that is the gospel news that Jesus Christ alone brings salvation and that Christ lives in those who accept this free gift of salvation. Paul writes that God is the one who opens the door. God is the one who opens the door. That's our second point this morning. Prayer helps us see God open doors to his kingdom. So first, prayer is to be thankful for what God has done. Prayer is to be watchful for what God is doing. And prayer is to be gospel-centered for the kingdom to grow. Before we can proclaim the message of Christ, the door has to be open. And Paul makes it clear that God is the one who opens doors to people's hearts. God is working behind the scenes in people's lives. Before we can proclaim this mystery in the seen world, God has to open a door behind the curtain in the unseen world. Prayer bridges this gap between these two worlds, and prayer alerts our heart to God's heart and our gospel focus with his. I am often convicted by how little my prayer life is focused around gospel-centered requests. My prayer life continues to always go back to me, to my family, to my situations. But Paul writes in these verses that prayer is to be gospel-centered. Our prayer lives are to be focused around what God is doing in others' lives to open doors for the mystery of Christ to be proclaimed. Back in the book of Luke, at the very start of the Christmas story, we have a great example of this just a few verses later. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, they uh, are relatives, Zechariah's wife Elizabeth, they are relatives of Mary. They are the eventual parents of John the Baptist. Well, they're very old and they're childless. But an angel comes to Zechariah and tells him that Elizabeth will bear a child, she'll bear a son, and he will prepare the way for the Lord. Now, Zechariah, he scoffs at the angel and doubts that the angel, what the angel has to say. So the angel takes away his ability to speak until that day should come when John the Baptist would be born. Well, shocker, that day does come. John is born, and these are the words of how Zechariah responds. He offers a prayer over the life of his son to be a bearer of the gospel. Luke 1, verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And then down in verse 76. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah's gospel-centered request is that God would open doors for his son to share the news of salvation through Jesus. John the Baptist would go on to lay the foundation, the groundwork for Jesus' ministry, and he would bring many people to become followers of Jesus. Zechariah understood that the, door for the Lord's, <clears throat> that the door for the Lord's message 
could only be opened through prayer and relying on God to do the opening. Both Zechariah's words and Paul's words ring of this, that the Lord is working behind the scenes. Excuse me. Brought a water here just in case. Both Zechariah and Paul, they write that the Lord is working behind the scenes, doing the opening. They know that before we or anyone can proclaim the gospel, God must have opened the door. This became very real to my family uh, a few years ago. My wife and her family, um, they had prayed for more than 30 years that Claire's grandpa, George, would come to know Jesus. Now, despite George uh, socially attending church for his entire life, George admittedly had never stepped into a relationship with Jesus. He wasn't really interested in talking about faith. So Claire's family prayed. They prayed for decades for George to come to know Jesus. A few years ago, uh, Claire's mom was driving in the car with George, and seemingly out of the blue, George told her that he was ready to accept Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. It was just complete shock to Claire's mom. George was 96 years old. Claire's family had prayed for decades for George's life, all the way until he was 96 years old. It's a testament that God is working behind the scenes in the hearts of those that we pray for. George passed away when he was 98 years old. And Claire's family knows with confidence and rejoices that George is at home with Jesus today, all because God was working behind the scenes, opening a door in his life, ready for the gospel to be proclaimed. It took decades of faithful prayer for God to open that door, for the gospel to take hold of his heart. As a relative newcomer to Claire's family, I am honored and blessed to be a part of a family who would pray so faithfully for their loved ones and other people in their life that they would never give up believing and trusting that God is working behind the scenes. Who's the person who needs that prayer in your <clears throat> Excuse me. Who's that person who needs that prayer in your life? Who needs that door open? Who comes to mind? when you think about God opening a door in their heart for the gospel to be proclaimed. It might be a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, a friend. Without prayer, our efforts to proclaim the gospel can often go unnoticed, unwanted, or ignored. So we're going to pause right now. I'm going to have the band come out and lead us in a time of prayer. Who do you need to stop for and pray right now? that the door would be opened in their life, in their heart, for the gospel to be proclaimed. You have a couple prompts in your notes there during this. Uh, the band's going to lead a song. Prayer is to be thankful for what God has done. Prayer is to be watchful for what God is doing. And prayer is to be gospel-centered for the kingdom to grow. That's how I'm going to encourage you to pray right now. Before we do that, 
I want you to pause. Would you close your eyes with me? As we enter into this time of prayer, picture what's happening behind the scenes right now. The God of the universe has 100% of his attention, his care, his love, focused on each one of us right now. He is at work in the unseen world, moving, shaping, opening doors to people's hearts. The band's going to lead us in a song, and as they do, I encourage you to pray, to pray through those prompts in your notes, to pray for who the Lord needs to open a door for.
Prayer is thankful for what God has done. Prayer is watchful for what God is doing. Prayer is gospel-centered so that his kingdom can grow. But as followers of Christ, we are not called just to pray. We are also called to be the hands and feet of God to proclaim the gospel to others. Back in Colossians chapter 4, verse 4. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Prayer prepares me to walk people into the kingdom. Prayer helps us see the doors that God has opened. And prayer prepares me for those moments when God invites us to be a part of bringing someone through the door that he has opened. As God is working behind the scenes, he's not only working, he's not only working to open those doors in someone's heart, he's also working to shape us, to prepare us to be his hands and feet in sharing the gospel. Paul writes to be wise, to make the most of every opportunity, and to be always full of grace. I'll be the first one to tell you, and this shouldn't come as a shock, that without prayer, without the Holy Spirit working in my heart, I am often very unwise. I often miss out on the opportunities that God has put in front of me to proclaim the gospel. And I'm a very uncompassionate person. As prayer bridges the gap between us and the power of the Holy Spirit in the unseen world, we have access to what Paul writes about. We can be prepared to help walk people over the line of salvation and into God's kingdom. Our mission at Church on the Hill is displaying the irresistibility of Christ, of Jesus, so that lives are transformed. We are completely unable to display Jesus or be a part of life transformation without being intimately connected to him in prayer. Displaying the irresistibility of Jesus is the seen world. Lives being transformed is the unseen world. Prayer enables us to display Jesus well, to be a reflection of who he is. And prayer also is working behind the scenes in God opening doors so that lives are transformed in the unseen world. If you are a follower of Jesus, allow God to display Jesus' irresistibility, irresistibility in your life so that his kingdom can grow. Paul's conclusion to the church in Colossae is an invitation to participate in what God is doing behind the scenes. He invites through prayer and through proclaiming the gospel to be a part of what God is doing. Two of our core values at Church on the Hill are bended knees and crowded heaven. Bended knees is all about infusing prayer in all that we do. And crowded heaven is about prioritizing those beyond our walls. By infusing prayer in what we do, we recognize that God is moving behind the scenes, that there is something happening in a world that we cannot see. He is at work to build his kingdom, and through prayer, he invites us to be a part of this work. 
And by, by prioritizing people beyond our walls, we allow God to use us as part of building his kingdom. And in doing so, we get to see God transforming lives. So here's my invitation and my challenge for all of you this morning. Christmas Eve is six days away. It's Saturday. There's an invitation in each of the seatback pockets in the auditorium. There's an invitation right in front of you. There's a lot of invitations out at the info desk. My challenge to you is this. Be a part of God transforming lives this Christmas season. Be a part of proclaiming the message of the gospel. Invite one person to Christmas Eve, at least one person, who you were not already planning to invite. But before you invite them, pray for them. Pray that God will be working behind the scenes to soften their hearts to his message, that God will be opening doors in their life for the mystery of Christ to be revealed to them, for the gospel to be proclaimed. So pray for them. And then after, after you've invited them, whether or not they come to Christmas Eve or not, pray for the receptivity of their hearts, that God will continue to work in them. It might not be this Christmas season. It might be 30 years down the road. But God is working. He is moving. He is constantly doing something behind the scenes that we may never understand or even be a part of if we don't stop and pray to what God and listen to what God is doing and how he is moving. So that's my challenge to you this week. Invite at least one person who you weren't already planning to invite. And as we conclude right now, we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray. And as we do, I'm going to invite you to start praying for whoever comes to mind right now. Pray for them. I have a couple people in my life that uh, I have been praying for as I've been writing this message. I've been praying for them and I'm going to be inviting them. People that came to mind that the Lord put on my heart, I'm going to be inviting them tomorrow. And I'm going to continue to pray for them after I make the invitation. And my challenge to you is to join me in that. To join me in praying for those people in our lives who God may have put on your heart right now. Pray for those people, invite them, and then continue to pray for them. Bow your heads with me if you would. I'm going to give you a moment of silence to think through who that person might be, who those people might be. Start right now by praying that the God of the universe, the God of the universe who sent his son 2,000 years ago to come as a servant, to be born in a stable, to then give his life for the salvation of everyone who would put their faith in him. Pray that that God would be at work. He is able to. We trust and we know that he is able to open doors in lives. Pray that God would open a door in someone's heart. Father, I thank you for prayer. I thank you for direct connection to you, Lord. I thank you that 100% of your attention and your focus is on each one of us 
individually right now. God, as we bring our gospel-centered requests before you, that you would open doors in people's lives. Father, we pray that this Christmas season, you would be real to them. God, that you would be real in a way that they have never experienced before, that you would be transforming hearts who need you, who need to know that the message of Christ is for them, that the gospel is the good news, that Jesus is not dead. He died for our sins, but he is now alive and is reigning victorious. And he is welcoming us to join him, to be a part of his family. Lord, that's my hope. That's my prayer that this Christmas season, you would show up in miraculous ways in someone's life. That you would be working in the unseen world so that someone's heart would be softened to you. So that in the seen world, their life is completely transformed. We thank you for the power of prayer. We thank you for the power of your gospel. We pray all this in the precious name of Christ alone. Amen.